Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to talk about diversity and inclusion because they're more than just buzzwords. It's now a way of life for many companies. And if you're not doing this, you need to. It is the hero factor. I know we're talking right here in all business, but let me tell you what, if you've got diversity and inclusion in your company, it is going to be better by a long shot on the top line, the bottom line, the middle line, yeah, any line. It doesn't make a difference and it all leads to it. So today we're having a great discussion with Julia Knaus. She is the CEO of Illinois Technology Association. And I saw an article that she had written about a Photoshop picture where some women had been photoshopped in. I can't even believe somebody would do that. They weren't even there and they photoshopped them in. So we're going to be talking about some really great things and talking about what this means on your strategic as well as your tactical goals for your company. Diversity and inclusion right here on All Business. Hey, my first question is talking about Salesforce. Uh, They had a pledge to achieve workplace equality by appointing a chief equity officer. Now, that's a CEO of a different kind. And they have diversity initiatives, and I'm starting to see it, of more than 75% of the Fortune 1000 companies. So while 70% of companies are effective in attracting and retaining diverse employees, only 11% what understand what diversity means. So my first question is, what is diversity and why do so few people understand it? You know, I think every company, and I hear a lot of diversity experts, you know, kind of say that you have to define diversity as to what it means for you, right? But the general idea is that you have a wide representation of people from different backgrounds with different ways of thinking about solving problems that bring different experiences to the table. And that can take the shape and form of gender, of race, of age, you know, whatever that might look like for your company. Geography. Geography, even. Certainly somebody who grew up in even, even your background and how you grew up. You grew up in the city versus you grew up on a farm You know, may very well represent different ways of viewing the world and thinking about what to do. So... That's the way I kind of coach companies to think about diversity. And they have to take a look at their current workforce and figure out what they are made up of today to figure out what makes them diverse in the future. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that because I had a situation once when I was at a Fortune 100 company as a chief marketing officer. And I want to circle back around that because I was actually chided for doing too good of a job. And I had to go back and put more white guys into the job, which was like, (laughs) are you nuts? Are you nuts? But I just want to ask you, Julia, look, the diversity and inclusion, and I I like to use both of those, but diversity and inclusion are a big part of what we have on our Hero Club, which is in the C-suite network. I mean, it's a a forefront. If you want to be a great business, a great business, you got to have diversity and inclusion. The more you have of that, you will actually be a much better business. Why the hell are we still having this conversation? It is a real good question. I ask myself that all the time and I heard somebody speak about it. I'm going to steal her words that she you know, really talked about that if this is something that companies really care about, truly care about making an impact on, they will make it a strategic imperative and they will assign accountability to it. You, if you have a problem on your production line, you don't create a committee, right? You don't create a committee that works outside of their normal business hours to go solve that problem. You actually make it a part of somebody's job 
and you set metrics that you're going to hold yourself to. And I think we're finally starting to see companies do that. You know, I think Facebook recently came out, you know, with their pledge and where they're trying to get to by 2024. Uber's trying to tie compensation to senior leaders, you know, around its diversity goals. So I think we're starting to see that. And I think because we're only starting to see businesses take it really seriously, we're only going to start to see the needle start to move now. Well, and it's got to be serious. It's, it's not going to be more than just a, you know, oh, let's, let's, let's take a pledge, right? I, I, which right. I love pledges and so forth. But you have to really do it. And it's not easy to do sometimes, meaning you got to make it conscious. I mean, little do you know, folks, listen up. If you're two CEOs or two executives in a company and you're having and you're both male and you're having a conversation, that's not diversity. Okay. (laughs) You know, you got to have somebody present with you, you know, from those other diverse populations in order to be diverse. You can't just talk about it. So, you know, and I'm going to give you another thing, Julie, you probably don't know this. And of course, you're in an association as well. We have uh, the C-suite network. We've mandated that 50% of the people on the stage have to be women. That's so awesome. When we do a conference, we've been doing that since we, we began. I've no, I don't know of another C-level executive conference or group that does that, but we do that. And we also work very hard to also balance that with color, okay? And to some extent, age as much as we can. The age is a little tougher for us because uh, most C-suites, are they tend to be older. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's, sure. not, it's not like I can find a lot of 21-year-old CEOs all the time. So, yes. Unless you want to dig deep into the tech industry, I can find you some there. <laughs> well, yeah. But even the tech industry, I mean, we're going to get into that. I mean, you, you're the you're the head of the uh, Illinois Tech Technology Association. And hey, tech, tech's not diverse. No. And by no way, shape or form. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's been great to have the, have conversations. But I again, what do you have to do to be taken serious? Beyond a pledge, beyond just saying it, what are things that companies can do to make sure that they're more diverse? You know, I always talk about the fact that the diversity is part of it. And people tend to think about diversity in their hiring practices and principles, right? So they look at where are they recruiting from? Have they eliminated uh, unconscious bias in their processes? You know, there's a lot of things that you can do around diversity that can be policy related or procedure related to help make help you attract more diverse talent. And that's that's a first step. But it's the inclusion part that is so much harder to do. Yeah. Because you have to have good, strong leaders that understand what it means to be an inclusive leader and are funneling that kind of culture down through the organization. Because if you hire a whole bunch of diverse people and they walk in and they don't feel welcome, they're they're going to leave. Yeah, they're out. So you've got to start with the inclusion part and ensure your culture is set up for success. And then you can move into the diversity recruitment side of it. Yeah. If you just do that, you hire, let's say we hire a diverse population, you bring them in, you don't do anything to be inclusive. But one, it creates tension, the wrong kind of tension that you want. You can do that and recognize that you're doing that and be different and create a healthy kind of tension, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, if you start bringing, look, if you're, you know, let's say you're in, like we're in South, I'm in South Dakota. There's not a lot of color in South Dakota. Now we have 28% of the population is Native American and less than, I think, 5% is African American, mm-hmm. less than five in the entire state. But if you start opening that up and making it more inclusive, I mean, look, I'm a, I used to work with the United Sioux Tribes and I start having my cousins in. That's what we call, um, you know, each other in, in the tribe is we're cousins. If we're, if we're the same age, we're cousins. If you're older than me, you're my aunt, you're my uncle. That's gotcha. the way they do it. But when you start having that inclusiveness in on the conversation, it makes for a lot more fun. For sure. Yeah, for sure. 
yeah, well, brings different perspectives. It's it's always, especially, and that's where you know that's where to your point, you have to be open minded that the way the organization is set up and structured to hear all voices and receive all voices at the table has to be there first, or those folks are going to turn and walk out. Well, you know what's surprising to me is the stupid things people do. And I mean, publicly stupid things. What got my attention about you was something that came across my desk and something that you had mentioned in a recent tech summit where you'll remember what I'm talking about. It was a Photoshop picture of two women in a photo to make the summit appear more diverse. (laughs) Yep. They actually Photoshop in women into a picture that had already been taken in with all these men, right? It was two women, as I recall, right? Yep, yeah, it yep. was. And it was in a parking lot. Yeah, it was a kind of an outdoor group photo, group shot of the group that had gotten together. And they added the women in kind of after the picture had been taken. Okay, so I had a couple of questions about this. What stupid idiot would make that decision? One, why would they do that? And, and, yeah, so why would they do that? What was the rationale that the company, it was a company or was it, no, it was it kind of a ga- tech summit gathering? It was gathering. kind of a gathering, yeah, yeah, of tech executives, yeah. Yeah. So they were, yeah, they were on some kind of fam trip or something like that, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And them- I think the women had been there maybe previously, you know, it's all about perception. You know, so they didn't want to, my hunches, and I didn't speak directly with them, but my hunches, they didn't want to publish that photo and have everybody, especially in tech, as you mentioned before, erupt around the fact that this was basically a group of all men at this event and that there weren't any women there. And I think the women had, there'd been the two women that they did Photoshop in had been at the event at some point in time previously or had dropped in for a session or something like that. So I think they felt like, it was appropriate to add them to the picture. And well, if they're only there for a tenth of the time, maybe they should just add an arm. Yes. You know, <laughs> right? Something yes. like that. Not the full thing. Because it wasn't full inclusion. inclusion. So I no, don't, I don't get that. And, and the intention behind it was to show show an image of something that wasn't true. You know, and, and that's in this day and age with people being able to dissect that and and get behind the scenes of pretty much anything that's happening. You can't be unauthentic un, unauthentic like that you yeah. have to you have to lead with integrity especially around this subject well i mean it was interesting if you folks you got to go google this and look at the picture because the picture I, I believe had about 15 men in it now could have been more, give or take just you know don't don't no right no cards no letters please but in there the the, the population was diverse in terms of people of color I, will, I do remember that. A number of people I would say are, are of Indian descent, not not feather, red dot. You know, that's what that's what that's how we would describe it here in South Dakota. Now, whether somebody gets offended by that, but that's that's how when we say Indians in South Dakota, we'll describe it a little different. And I got to check on that, folks. You you might be able to write cards and letters if that's appropriate way to be able to say that or not. I'm going to ask my friends that. I don't know that. I've always said that, but we're going to figure that out. So that was pretty cool. But then they just only put two women. Let's imagine the women were standing there in the picture. Let's imagine they really were standing in a picture. Is that diversity? You know, it's a good question because if you look at the number of women that are CEOs of tech companies, yeah, they're probably at the right percentage basis, right? If you go 2 to 15 or whatever yep. that number is, that's probably about right. But that then leads down a further rabbit hole of we don't have enough women leading tech companies in general, right? So it still Period. goes to yeah. diversity issue. If it's them being representative of the population that they have today, they're probably getting close to it. If we're going to go further further on that subject, then 
there's not enough women leading leading companies in general. And that's not just tech, right? That's across no, all the board. companies. Yeah, no, yeah. all companies across the board. And even board representation on yep. corporate boards. I mean, it's appalling. It's absolutely appalling. You know, 17% of all of all corporate boards, women make up 17%. It's just, that's ridiculous. Right. When we make up 50% of the workforce. Well, 51 actually 51. <laughs> so you should actually be ahead. If we were actually keeping score, you should be ahead. And that's not right. And even if there were, I, I've said this before, and I've said it publicly, I've said it on Bloomberg and many other places that if there were more term today that said we were replace every single board, open board position with a, a woman, doesn't make a difference whether they would be qualified or unqualified. Doesn't make a difference. Just a woman. We would not see that in my lifetime. Mm. So that that's appalling. That's not right. That's absolutely not right. That's not what I want for my, my daughter. That's not what I want for my granddaughters. I, I want people to be treated the same. C-Suite Radio. Why are companies misrepresenting themselves around diversity? I think because it is such a, a big issue, especially in terms of talent acquisition. You know, we have this kind of woke generation, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's looking at, at the jobs they take in a different way than people have before. So they're they're spending their time, especially diverse candidates, are spending time going to your website, looking at your culture page, at your team page, and understanding who works there, what do they look like, what are your outings and events look like. And so I think companies, they know that that's happening and they try and put the best foot forward they can. And you see it all the time, whether they're Photoshopping or not, or they're only posting pictures, for example, of the three women who happen to work there, even though they're three of 70, you know, so they're still misrepresenting it, even if they're not doing it in a false way in terms of photoshopping those folks in, but they're at a company gathering, only taking pictures that show the small part of their diverse population and not really showcasing what they truly look like. It gets back to, you should be transparent about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. Hey, look, let me applaud you for using the three out of the 70. Great. Good job. Awesome. Way to go. But you should state this is our three out of the seven to you. you know, to some extent, you should give some indication of that. You know, saying it isn't doing it. That's one. Yep. So a lot of companies are just saying it. They're just, they're, they're checking it off the box, right? Like that photo. Oh, we checked it off the box. We, we included yep. women. We included them in the conversation. Well, just because you include one doesn't mean it's enough. So that's not diverse. That means you're just covering your ass. Okay. So let's move beyond that and let's have a real something real that gets into it. So why is it important for companies to be authentic with how diverse they really are? And then why do employees and customers care about a company's diversity? I think that it's important to state where you are in, in your journey. You know, So I think that being transparent about it... So even if you are at 3 of 70, but you can include on your team culture page as you're looking to attract customers and, and potential future employees, if you can say, here's the things we're doing to make a difference in that space and be really open and honest with that, I think that goes a long way. I think as long as potential employees know that you're making a real effort, to your point, you're doing actual things. And that's not a pledge. That's not we, you know, yeah. we hope to get there. It's that we are, are tying compensation to it or we we are putting these practices in place. You know, if they can really narrow in and zone in on what those things are that they're doing and share those openly and honestly, I think people will get that. I think they know it's a journey. So I don't think the expectation is that you have to be there today, but you have to be on that journey. I find it distressful. And I also find it, you know, truly not living in your yourself. I mean, people like me saying, hey, I, I want to go on a diet. I'm going on a diet. I'm on a diet. More ice cream, please. Right? It, it's just, it's not living the values of the things that you said you were going to do. And I think, I think companies see that or not, excuse me, customers see that more than ever now. 
I think so too. I think that I think employees and customers and, and you're seeing kind of this rise in employee activism as well, right? All of it, I think, ties together in terms of where this next generation wants to shop, where they want to put their money, what values they're aligning to, where they want to go to work. You know, I think all of that kind of comes together in terms of how you have to be open and honest and transparent about where you're headed. Yeah. And I think it's, a, is it appropriate for employees to call their, call them, call their company out on it? I think so. I think that they should certainly internally, right? Internally yeah. within forums and, and have that opportunity to work together and they, they can be part of the solution. So I think that's the big thing, especially as it relates to diversity and inclusion, that employees can have a strong voice in that and be part of the solution. So they need to learn the practices and principles that help make an inclusive environment. They can be personally taking their time and energy to increase their networks, right? So if you look at your LinkedIn profile and it's a whole lot of people that look like you and you want to be part of the solution, go find a way to build your own network so that you can make referrals of diverse candidates into the company. Yeah, that's cool. We mentioned about the new generation coming up and that they're more open to this than maybe the other generation. You know, one, I think... I, I understand that. I would agree with that. On the other hand, I go, no, because there's people like you and I who aren't of that. And we're going, no, this should be done. Is it because the younger folks have had a better education around this area and they've had more access to information? Cause I don't think most people want to be non-diverse. And I don't think they want to be you know, uninclusive. You know, I think they want to have people. I think most people want those things. I just don't think they recognize it or understand it. I think that could be the case. I think they may also just not want to put their effort or focus into it. So they may recognize that it's... And we hear that. I I see this a lot. They recognize it's an issue. They agree. But they're so busy running the other parts of their business. And they maybe aren't fully bought into how much of an impact it could make on their business. They see the numbers, but they they, there's always that, oh, it's not me. Oh, I'm the exception. Or or that's just... you know. Those are those are general trends and general stats. And so they recognize it and they they talk a big game, but when pushdown comes to shove and they're trying to hire a new physician or they have to get, especially in the tech industry where they're hiring, you know, tons and tons of people all the time and they just need to get butts and seats and get product out the door, all of a sudden that quote unquote nice to have of having a diverse workforce falls to the side of we've got to get product out the door and we've got to get revenue in. Yeah. Um, and they start to prioritize other things. Yeah, but this has to be, I think this has to be installed as a real value of your company, a walk away value, meaning if we don't get here, if we don't do this, we have to walk away. It's, yeah. it's one of those things, but it also comes with self-realization. I, you know, a good, a good conversation again, or a good point was, and I didn't even think about this. There was a couple of things that came up in conversation once. We're about to have a big event in the Black Hills of South Dakota for our hero club. And one of the things that one of our women professionals in our company put on the flyer, you know, ladies, you might want to think about not wearing high heels as part of the dress thing. And somebody objected to that. I said, why would you object to that? It's just like telling people that you might not want to do it. Now, if, well, first of all, don't you put ladies. That's what that's what we got into that conversation. Okay, cool. What's the big deal about high heels? Well, do you tell men not to wear high heels? And so now we had this whole conversation. So we finally put, you know, it's a rocky, it's rocky, and you're going to be outside, wear appropriate shoes, you know? Yep. Okay, that was, okay, so we went through that. That was good. It was good education. Because then I said, okay, I'm going to be stupid. I'm going to be open, vulnerable with you, the team. What was, what's sexist about these conversations? And one of the team members said, Jeff, if it's two men talking and you're not including a woman, you're in essence being sexist. 
And I thought that was interesting. If we're talking about diversity, if we're talking about inclusion, if we're talking about women, if we're talking about the shoes issues. And I thought that was fairly interesting. And I never thought about that. And it is. So if we're talking about something that should be inclusive of everybody, we should have a diverse couple of people talking about it. And, and if it's just two guys talking about how other people might react, it's probably a sexist. You know, I just I thought that was interesting. Good learning. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it's true. You have to have representation from the population you're trying to reach or meet or whatever it is that you're trying to do within the conversation about trying to get to them. Yeah. So who are some other companies that have fallen short on this of achieving a diverse workforce that have done a really bad job? <laughs> Come on, let's call them out. Let's let's just let's like uh, let's just put them up on the billboard. Oh man, that's a good question. You know, I I don't know that anyone is doing it really well, honestly. Yeah. Like, if you take a look oh, at well, it, see, I, that was good. That was the next question. I was going to say, who's doing it well? Uh oh. Yeah, not many. I, again, I think it's I think we're at the precipice of people starting to figure out how this works. I'll take that back. I had the opportunity to meet with the head of diversity and inclusion at Pinterest recently. And I think they are doing a good job. They are kind of leading the pack, I think, in terms of some Valley companies, in terms of what they're doing, how they're doing, how they're implementing it. They're to that point of thinking about inclusion, not just diverse hiring. Well, but so, see, I their, would think Pinterest is is more female than male. <laughs> that, that could be. That could be. So they may be in that situation that you were talking about at the beginning where they had to... their Diversity for them, as they define it, may mean that they have to attract more men. Yeah. Here's a great example. So when I was at Kodak, I get, this is a great conversation. I'm with my head diversity officer, right? And we get measured as an executive by hitting certain goals. And if I don't hit those goals, I don't get my bonus. I don't get paid. And one of those was a diversity and inclusion goal. And 75% of the people that reported to me, to me, were women and people of color. Off the charts. As you, you, you would, would you not yeah. say that? That's, that's off the charts, right? So she came to me and says, you're over-indexed here and you, you're way under-indexed in white males over 35 and you need to hire some of those. I, and I refused to do it. I said, look, I'm helping the rest of the company out. In a Kodak, when you think about consumer products, the chief memory officer is not some white male, 35. It's typically, you know, we, we indexed in, in minorities a lot higher than any other thing with our, with our products. And it was almost 95% women. Mm -hmm. So if you know, I said, we got to be representative of that. And so I was really adamant about that. And I made them, you know, write me an exception so I could get my bonus that year because <laughs> because they wanted me to hire white males. Isn't that crazy? It is. It is. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, when I look at the stats and how some of these big companies are reporting, you know, what they're doing, especially in tech where I'm focused, yeah. you know, I look at it and they might say, hey, we've reached these numbers, you know, 20% African-American or we're at 30% females. And I always want to dig deeper to understand in which departments, you know, to yeah. your point, yeah. is it, is it evenly distributed or yeah. are those or the, traditionally... the workers? Yeah. The maids or the maids in the hotel, you know, <laughs> right. 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 Is it on your tech team? Is it in the places where yeah. there have been, traditionally been barriers for underrepresented populations to break through and move to leadership? And how much of that is at leadership level too, I think is another critical component. Because if you, you can't be what you can't see. So if you don't have diverse leadership, even if you do at under, underlying levels, it's going to feel like there's a ceiling there for those folks. Uh, so aren't you in a bad spot? I mean, you're in, you're in the Technology Association, probably one of the worst diverse 
populations there is. Can you win at this? I mean, because where's the pool of, of female engineers? Where's the pool of people? It's it's nowhere near uh, parity, is it? No, it's not. So, you know, I do think there's a pipeline issue and there's a, there's work that we're doing early, you know, early stage to try and attract more minorities into software engineering and computer science as a as a choice of career. And And there's a ton of work and a ton of study there that shows, especially for women, for young girls, they tend to lose interest in STEM in the middle school years. So how can we put pump more effort into there to keep them interested in it? You know, so there's a lot of pipeline stuff, but we talk to our members all the time about there actually is a lot that you can be doing right now too. You know, you can be thinking about the jobs and the functions that you have differently so that you can find and move forward the minority candidates that you have today. You can be recruiting from different kinds of schools. You can be thinking about your workforce very differently. You don't have to recruit everybody from MIT or out here, University of Illinois or Stanford or Harvard or wherever those great programs are for computer science. You can take a look at the fact that for a lot of young black kids, they don't want to go more than 60 miles from home to go to college, right? So you need to think about that and look at some state schools and look at some smaller schools and say, there could be a really great population here that for their socioeconomic background, didn't leave and fly halfway across the country to go to school, but could be equally as brilliant and smart. Maybe they got into those schools and chose not to go. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can be thinking better and differently about the way we bring people in and the way we bring people up you know, within the tech industry. Folks, don't let that be an excuse because there's a pipeline issue. Right. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, because a lot of companies do that. They'll sit back and say, well, I do more, but you know, it's just not there. Well, no, you have to do more. You have to you do have more. You have to think about it differently. You have yeah. to get creative and you have to find different ways to go after that talent. You can put training programs, apprenticeship programs. There's a lot of different things that you can do uh, with the talent that you have today. Yeah, work remote. You might have to set up a separate office, uh, you know, hundreds of miles away in yep. order to get that great talent. You have to do that. And by the way, in the end, it's just going to be better for you because you're going to you're going to you're going to gross more revenue. You're going to have happier employees. You're going to you're going to reach out and do better things for customers, add more feature sets, whatever it is, whatever, whatever you're doing by just being more diverse. Wow. I just think that's good. How, let me ask you one last question. How can technology help companies be more diverse? It's a really good question. There's a few things that I think can help. I think there's some great platforms out there that help you eliminate bias from your hiring process. So I think that's that's key and, and number one, some great things that kind of anonymize the data, you know, all that good stuff that helps you helps you make that process work better for you. Um, I think that there is a lot around technology that you can do in terms of just the way you can tell your story, you know, where we were talking about that before too, in terms of telling kind of where you're at, how's that progressing, and keeping your stakeholders, you know, informed of the the work that you're doing and the progress that you're making towards your goals. It's easier than ever to have that information public and out and available and let people track it and see where you're going. It's also kind of getting that feedback from your customers and from your employees on a, on a regular basis and having them be part of the solution, as we talked about before, too. I think technology enables that to happen more easily than it used to. Well, going to help it make it go viral. And, and for gosh sakes, getting back to those two women photoshopped back into that photo. Don't <laughs> that use how it can't help. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't use technology for bad. Don't exactly. use technology for bad. Tech hey, for you, good only. Tech for good. I like that. That's a great that's a great slogan. Probably someone's trademarked that already, but we'll use <laughs> it. We'll use it. We'll use it. Hey, Julia, what a pleasure to have you on the show. It's just a great discussion. Of course, really uh, near and dear to my heart with our Hero Club about diversity and inclusion and how much better that makes a company that gives you the hero factor. And certainly this is a great place to be a hero. So thanks so much for being right here on All Business. Thank you. What a great interview. I like 
to talk about that particular subject because it's near and dear to my heart. I got to tell you, saying it isn't doing it. That was my big, big takeaway, along with one of my favorites always is being transparent. You know, don't just put pictures of people who don't look like you up there. Okay. You know, especially if you're a big white guy from South Dakota, right? Put pictures of people who work for you. And if it's not as diverse as you're trying to portray, then maybe you should tell people, hey, these are the three of the 70 that we have. Or, hey, hey, this is what we do. We value this and we want more of it. So bring it, bring it, bring it. Let's figure out how to do that. That's my takeaway. And don't forget, my other takeaway, my other give to you is make sure that you tell other people about this show and come listen to us right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c sweetradio.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.